0: program demonstrating, uh, it's an historically based demonstration of early modern African-American jazz is a viable alternative to mainstream popular culture. Is it working? How's it feel? I always feel a lot better after hearing Charlie Parker and Bud Powell and James Moody and Lester Young, and people like that. Uh, before the bird, Cherokee, played by the Bud Powell Trio, And Coco, Charlie Parker's original composition based upon the chord progressions of the standard Cherokee. Charlie Parker and his little group at Carnegie Hall in 1949. There was something called Oh Well from James Moody. And then After You've Gone, Lester Young, live at the Royal Roost in New York City. The... uh, rather neatly arranged, original called Elevation, the arrangement by Jerry Mulligan, it was performed by the Elliott Lawrence Orchestra, uh, taking a decisive step towards modernity in 1949 with that record. Opened up the broadcast with the St. Louis Blues, given the Babs-Gonzalez treatment. So this is our report on 1949. We will be venturing into 1929 and earlier still than that, paying attention to the numeral nine. This program brought to you by the numeral nine because it's nearly the end of 2019. And I just get obsessed with the numbers because, you know, you put you use the numbers. You use the numerology as a tool for figuring out the way things really, really are. And so I've been going through our uh, collective cultural uh, legacy through the, uh, the archives and pulling these things out and putting them together in ways that I hope are doing you some good. Now, right now, presently, this half-hour program that's just beginning is called Pandora's Lunchbox. It's Mike Perini's program about culture and food. I will have one important food-related news item to share with you in a few minutes. But um, actually right now I think it'd be nice to hear a little more early modern jazz from 1949. How about you? Um, This is called Marshmallow. And it's uh, Warren Marsh and Lee Konitz and their band. I think this is going to feel real good. Let's see what happens to us.
1: (laughs) ilida ah ah what do you do 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 uli ba di ba do 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 do
0: the Gene Krupa Orchestra with something called Lemon Drop. You know, it's all these big bands. A lot of them just jumped right onto the bebop bandwagon in the 40s and got with it. And sometimes with uh, very pleasing results. Before Lemon Drop, Teapot, I think a reference not only to tea, but also to pot. I'm I'm sure they were... uh, They were doing this deliberately. The J.J. Johnson band with Sonny Stitt recording for Prestige in 1949. Um, Tea, obviously, of a synonym for reefer, but also uh, research has revealed that uh, the African American population in the big cities, in particular, was uh, way ahead of 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 popular American culture by referring to marijuana as pot, simply because you know it's. Flower pots with reefers growing in them out on the fire escape in the big city. And so, um, tea pot. Yeah, I I get it, guys. Thank you. Also, Marshmallow from Warren Marsh, Lee Conant's quintet. Some some good early modern jazz from 1949. I thought it would do you some good. My name's Arwolf. I'm filling in uh, tonight, doing an extra hour of radio and focusing on the numeral nine doing this because it feels right, and also because I believe in—punching the microphone, that's right—I believe in uh, making a difference in our uh, collective consciousness by bringing these recordings forward from our collective past. History is now, right now. It's a it's a continuum. So with this in mind, before we— uh, i got to bring this thing up here while I don't keep banging into it. You like that sound? It sounds like an old Stockhausen or John Cage record, isn't it? Before we yank it back to 1929, I wanted to give you this important news bulletin that Mike Parini has shared with me. Now, this is very recently uh, sent out, as of this evening. Meteorites that crashed into Earth billions of years ago contained sugars researchers say, lending support to the idea that asteroids may hold some of the ingredients to life. Well, Sun Ra was saying that for, for a long time. Uh, an international team of scientists found bioessential sugars in meteorites, which also contain other biologically important compounds, according to a press release from NASA. Asteroids, that's rocky, near-Earth objects which orbit the sun, are the parent bodies of most meteorites. And the theory suggests that chemical reactions within asteroids can create some of the elements essential to life. In a recently published study, the Proceedings of the National Academy of Science reveals that researchers analyzed Three meteorites, including one that landed in Australia in 1969 and dates back millions, uh, pardon me, billions of years. We're talking astrological time. Billions of years. Previous studies have also tried to investigate the meteors for sugar, but this time researchers used a different extraction method using hydrochloric acid and water. That's what I always do when I want I want to come face-to-face with sugar and start really grappling with it. Get out the hydrochloric acid. That's what I've always said. The researchers found sugars like arabinose and xylose, but the most significant finding was ribose. Got that? So with this in mind, uh, you know, because ribose plays a hugely important part in our human biology, I thought it would be a good idea to bring forward a recording made by Benny Moten's Kansas City Orchestra with Count Basie at the piano and helping with the composing and arranging in 1929. What you're about to hear is called Small Black, and you might think that refers to a, a diminutive uh, feline, you know, a black cat, but actually this is a term when you you go to a, a uh, diner or something, you'd say, uh, give me a, a small black. That means a... Uh, small cup of coffee. Small black. Benny Moulton with Count Basie. 1929. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, U.B. Blake, recorded in 1969. Columbia brought it out on a double LP that they never reissued on CD, as far as I can tell, called The 86 Years of U.B. Blake. Uh, The big big hits of the turn of the 19th and 20th century, Maple Leaf Rag and Semper Fidelis from Scott Joplin and John Philip Sousa, respectively, Uh, Maple Leaf Rag, published in 1899. Benny Moulton's Kansas City Orchestra, the Kansas City Tin Roof Stompers, Uh, With the Aunt Jemima Rag, the Benny Moulton Band gave you the new Goofy Dust Rag and Small Black. It's 7 o'clock. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. My name's R-Wolf, and I feel good. I'm going to feel even better as I just continue to play these records for you. I've already been at it for an hour. I've got the uh, regularly scheduled Face the Music show opening up right now. Going to hear the uh, the magnificent pianist William Bolcom and something composed in the year nineteen nineteen, one hundred years ago, as of this evening. One hundred years ago, James Scott gave us the New Era Rag. This comes from a nonsuch such LP of Pastimes and Piano Rags, Artie Matthews and James Scott. Revisited by William Bolcom. 1919, a good year for piano music.